You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. I hope you're glad to be in God's house this morning. If you're new to the harbor, uh, my name is Ken Smith. I'm uh, one of the staff pastors. I'm the uh, pastor of our life groups. Um, And just because I do have the opportunity, I'll put in a plug for our life groups. If you weren't able to get involved in our life groups uh, this semester, we are starting brand new today. We're starting our focus month where we're going to decide uh, what we're going to offer for our next semester. So in a couple of months, we'll be uh, starting a new semester. Uh, so I encourage you to, to get informed and, and talk to some of the regular folks here that most of them are involved in life groups. And uh, I will say this, this is probably the most successful uh, semester that we've had so far. And that's in, in content, in feedback, in, uh, in attendance and everything across the board. It's been a great a great semester, and uh, and it's just getting started, actually. So uh, anyway, I thank all of you leaders who who stepped up to the plate, and uh, you know, either you facilitated or coordinators or host. We thank all of you, and uh, we appreciate your your service. We're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to continue in the uh, series this morning on MythBusters. How many have ever seen the show MythBusters? Alright, we're not going to be blowing anything up up here today. Darn it. <laughs> I like to blow stuff up. I have to tell you a quick story. Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. <laughs> Me and this best friend of mine, when I was in high school, we were always getting into mischief. And uh, we went out one day, his uncle's house, we always would go over to his uncle's house because we knew we couldn't get in trouble for anything we did over there. So so we went to his uncle's house, and we were out there one day, and we, we got this bright idea. Let's blow something up. It's okay. What are we going to do? Oh, let's go down to the sporting goods store, and let's get a pound of black powder. <laughs> so we did. We went and got some black powder. And uh, we had been concocting this plan up for a while. He had uh, ordered some cannon fuse off the sun, out of some magazine. And anyway, we got out there that day, and and we ran out. We dug us a little hole. There was a field out in front of his house. Now, mind you, about 200 yards away was the uh, old fire observation tower. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The old towers where they used to climb up and and look for forest fires? We didn't know the lady was up there. We go out and we dig this little hole and we throw that pound of black powder down in there and stick the fuse in the lid. All we did is poke the hole in the lid and stuck the fuse in it. Lit that fuse and we took off. Jumped behind the truck. A few seconds later, boom! It was kind of a big letdown. A big old smoke ring about that big around goes up in the air. So we, we go off and regroup. The lady tells us, she says, I wondered what you guys were doing running back and forth out there. <laughs> we finally figured it out, and we made another bomb that was real effective, but uh, we stopped. That was the last of our bomb making. 
and uh, we realized that maybe we might get in trouble if we continue to do that. So anyway, we're not going to be doing any of those experiments up here today. What I do want to talk to you, though, is about the myths about forgiveness. The myths about forgiveness. You know, it's easy to say that we should forgive other people. But how do we actually do it? We all know that the Bible teaches that we're supposed to forgive those who hurt us or offend us. We, we all know that. But if we're honest, I think that, that most of us will admit that forgiveness is one of the hardest things in the world to do. Anybody agree with that? It's easy enough when it's something small. But what about when we've, we've got something that, that's really, really, really big? I found a cartoon I want to share with you, if Sister Tanya can get that up there for me. How many of you know Charlie Brown and the Peanuts? Here we go. Remember Lucy? She's chasing Charlie Brown. It's no use running, she said. I'll get you. I'll get you, Charlie Brown. I'll get you. I'll knock your block off. I'll... Charlie Brown says, wait a minute. Hold everything. We can't carry on like this. We have no right to act this way. The world is filled with problems, people hurting other people, people not understanding other people. Now, if we as children can't solve what are relatively minor problems, how can we ever expect to pow? Lucy knocks him out. Then Lucy tells Patty, now this is not uh, Peppermint Patty, this is the other Patty. Lucy tells Patty, I had to hit him quick. He was beginning to make sense. <laughs> Isn't that how we treat forgiveness a lot of times today? Isn't that how we, we find ourselves when somebody offends us or somebody says something uh, against us or does something that hurts us? That's the first thing we want to do. Isn't it? Come on now. That's how we do it. We would rather, we'd rather not listen to what makes sense. We'd rather just go out and throw it on Facebook. Come on. I don't know how many times I've got on Facebook and I'm like, whoa, that one must be mad at that one because they just land blasted. Here's the problem with that. You don't have the guts to go tell them to their face. But you're going to throw it off on Facebook. Or the newest thing I hear now is, just let me throat punch them. I've had a few people I've wanted to do that to before. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> Today I want to bust a couple of myths about forgiveness. I think that the first thing we need to do though, is covered in this first myth. And that first myth I want to look at today is God could never forgive me. How many of you ever thought that before? I've been so bad, I've done so much wrong, 
God can never forgive me. It's a myth. It's the lie of the devil. See, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, this is the New King James Version. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the Kenneth Weiss New Testament expanded translation, it reads this way. But God is constantly proving his own love to us because while we were yet sinners, Christ, in behalf of us, died. See, the myth is that God can never forgive me. But the truth is that He's already forgiven you. He did that once for all. Let's look at a parable. Uh, I thought about this as I first began to, to put this message together. together, And I thought about this, this parable. The parable of the prodigal son. And all of you have probably heard it. Some of you may not. It's in Luke chapter 15. Verses 11 through 32. Let's go there real quick. And Sister Tanya, I'm going to go to uh, 11 to verse... All the way through verse 24. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be married. <coughs> Excuse me. Here we have this son who decides that I don't want to wait. I want everything now. So the father says, okay. He deals out 
his, the inheritance. And this son goes and he, he spends it frivolously. He blows it, partying or whatever. And all of a sudden he realizes it's gone. And now he's, he's down, he's feeding swine. Now there, there's a, another story there. Uh, we can only assume that, that this was a Jewish family. So for him to, have, to be feeding swine was a big deal. They didn't have anything to do with, with pork, with, with the swine or anything. So he's out feeding the swine and he doesn't have anything to eat. And he realizes one day, hey, you know, here I am starving and my dad's servants are better off than I am. But he'll never forgive me. Oh, but what I can do, I can go back and I can beg him to be a servant. And at least I'll have food in my belly, I'll have clothes on my back, I'll have a roof over my head. So he comes back. Now I can imagine that the father has been there the whole time since the son left. I can imagine that he went out every day to the road or the path or whatever it was and, and would just peer out, waiting, yearning to see his son come back. Wanting desperately for his child to return. He probably spent many restless nights wondering whether this son was still alive. You know, is, is he in harm's way? Has he died? But one day, as he's standing there gazing in the distance, he sees a silhouette. Could it be? That, that walk seems familiar. Yes, it is. It is my son. So he runs and he embraces him. You know, and the whole time the son is thinking, my dad will never forgive me. And his, his dad comes and, and throws his arms around him and, and lays his, his head on his neck and begins to sob. And the son says, Dad, you know, if I can just be your servant... Son, what are you talking about? You're my son. You're my son. When do you think the father forgave the son? I'll tell you when he forgave him. He forgave him the minute he turned his back and walked away from him. Why? Because that's his son. Those of you that, got, that have children, you know, you know what I'm talking about. They can rip your heartstrings out, but you still love them. See, trying to forgive ourselves, that's what we have to do sometimes. That, that, that son had to forgive himself before he could accept the forgiveness of his father. He had to realize that the father had unconditional love for him. And it didn't matter what he had done. That he offered him an open, open arms to come back. So we can, we can try to forgive ourselves so that we can receive forgiveness. And that's one thing. But it's a different story when it comes to forgiving others. Especially when 
you've been betrayed by someone that you thought you could trust. Or when you or someone you love has been a victim of a crime. Or when the wound is just really, really deep and it hurts really, really bad. See, I'm sure that all of us have made this statement, or at least you've thought of it. I can never forgive blank. Now, you got to fill in the blank. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure that when I said that, the instant I said it, somebody popped in your mind. Now, don't blurt it out. Because they might be sitting next to you. I could never forgive so and so. See, most of us have someone or several someones that we found either difficult to forgive or that we've never forgiven. Maybe they did something or said something hurtful. Maybe they didn't do something that you thought they should have. Or maybe they didn't say something you thought they should have said. You know, we can get all twisted with this thing. We're, we're kind of crazy that way. But the, re- the reason for your resentment may be severe. It may be minor. It may have happened a long time ago or it may have happened recently. It may have been a repeated uh, offense, or it may have just been done once. The truth is that you're bitter. You're bitter against them. And you would like nothing better than for punishment to be meted out. But the fact is that your bitterness is keeping you in prison. Is keeping you locked up in a cell. Am I hitting home? Is this relating to anybody? See, the great news is today that I think I have the key that will allow you to free yourself from that cell. But first, I've got to take care of a few lies that we've been told about forgiveness. First of all, the first lie is that forgiving is forgetting. How many of y'all have ever been been taught that you're you're supposed to forgive and forget? Come on. You've been taught that you've even been taught that that's Bible, hadn't you? It's not. Oh I I can see the religious people getting mad right now. He said, forgive. Do you know, God is the only one that can forgive and forget. Do you know that that with humans, it's it's almost impossible for us to forget? But we can forgive. What we can do is, with God's help, we can let go of the bitterness that's controlling us. Lie number two is that you should only have to forgive once. 
How many of you had friends that say, well, you've forgiven them, just forget it. You've forgiven them once, and, and that should be it. That's part of that forgiving and forgetting thing. How many of you found out that that's not really true? See, forgiving is a process. It's not a one-time event. God can forgive us instantly, but we often need time to go through the healing and the forgiving of others. A lot of times it's like taking two steps forward and one step back. You ever done that before? You, you finally settled in your heart that you're going to forgive this person and, and you forgive them. And it never fails. It'll probably be the day you do that. Somebody will come along and they'll mention that name. Or they'll mention that event. And all of a sudden, here you go. You're losing ground. That ever happened to anybody? You know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you didn't forgive the person. It means that you're just still in the process. You're still in the process of forgiving. I've got multiple examples of personal experiences of this where there's one particular instance where actually two and I and I can't spend a lot of time on this but where it took several years for me to get to the point where I could say I forgive. And then it would come back. Somebody would start talking about it and it, it would come back. You know, and I, I'd, come, I'd, I'd lose ground and then I'd, I'd take several weeks or several months and I'd, I'd finally etch my way back up, you know, where I'm, I'm forgiven again. I've forgiven them again. Don't think that like you're losing. God's helping you through the process. Lie number three is that I've got to feel forgiveness before I can forgive the person. I don't feel like forgiving them. That's most of the time how we're going to feel, isn't it? But forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. You've got to choose to forgive someone. I'll go through real quick. I'm just going to summarize this. In Genesis chapter 33, there's a story about two brothers. One's named Esau and one's named uh, Jacob. Jacob was the younger. Esau was the older. Esau, by rights, was to be the, uh, the first son. He was the firstborn. He was supposed to get the inheritance. But he, Jacob kind of twisted it around and he stole the birthright from him. Jacob gets scared. He runs off. He's gone for several years. He, he, he marries. He, he builds a family. He's got you know his flocks, his business, and everything is, is, is flourished. He decides he wants to go back home. But he doesn't know whether his, his brother has forgiven him. His brother was mad. His brother wanted to kill him. So the last, the last idea he had when he left was that his brother wanted to kill him, but he wants to come back home to see his dad and his, his mom. 
Well, I think the mom was dead already. Anyway, so he wants to come back. So he sends the wife that he didn't love the most first and all of her children. That way, in case you know, Esau wasn't friendly, he'd kill them first and they'd have time to take off the other way. All said and done, when he, got, when he got there, he found out Esau has forgiven him. He couldn't understand how Esau have, could forgive him because of the wrong that he did to him. But over time, Esau had learned through process that he, he could forgive his brother. See, oftentimes we feel like that when we forgive somebody that, that we've got to have this warm, fuzzy feeling. That's not true. It's not a feeling. It's a choice to obey God and to not allow bitterness to consume you. See, Jesus chose the cross, and sometimes we have to choose to take up the cross of forgiveness to enter into a process of letting God heal our hurt emotions and move on with our lives, regardless of how we feel. Line number four. If I forgive the person, then I'm releasing them from responsibility. No. Forgiving is not about setting the other person free. It's about choosing to let God set you free. That's what it's about. I refer back to our first story, Luke chapter 15. See, there was a brother there also. This brother didn't forgive his prodigal brother. He was mad. He was appalled that this brother would come back and try to find his way back into the family. He couldn't understand why the father had forgiven him and, and had restored everything to him. And as far as we know in the Bible, we never find where he forgave his brother. See, a lot of times that's how we become. See, bitterness is a poison that we drink hoping that the other person will die. When we hold on to bitterness, we are the victims of that bitterness. And in many cases, the other person has forgotten about it. You ever go to somebody and say, you know, you offended me, blah, 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 and I, I, I just, I want to offer forgiveness, and they were like, huh? Had no idea. See, we can't play God by convincing ourselves that holding on to bitterness somehow serves the cause of justice. Being bitter toward those who hurt us is just another way of letting them continue to have power over us and keep on hurting us as long after the deed's done. I want to call your attention to the screen. I want you to watch this short clip and really listen to what is being said as this rolls. This old diner. This old diner is more than a place. It's a time when things were simpler. But those people inside, they were all hurt. Accidents, fights, fires. I would have none of it. 
My heaven would be a place where anyone who ever suffered from Ruby Pier, even for a moment, would be safe forever. Your father, too. I hated him, you know. I know. He was hell on me as a kid. And even worse, when I got older. Once he couldn't hit me no more. He stopped talking to me altogether. Eddie, anger is a poison. It eats us inside. We think when we hate someone, we hurt them. But hatred is a curved blade. And the harm we do to others, we also do to ourselves. Why is everything so different than I thought? Well, when you first came here, do you remember how you felt? I had no pain. No worry. No hate. That's because no one is born with anger. We build it over the years with the things we don't say, with the things we bury. When we die, the soul is freed of it. Freed to see the truth. So what do I gotta do? You need to forgive your father.
through forgiveness he was released see it doesn't matter whether the person that you're forgiving accepts your forgiveness or not what matters is that you're sincere what matters is that you have taken the initiative to forgive and that that act of forgiving releases you. See, Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15 tells us this. Jesus said, For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. So in order for us to receive forgiveness from our Father, we've got to be willing to forgive. So I challenge you this morning as you stand to your feet. If there's somebody in your life that has offended you, that has done wrong against you, that's spoken ill about you or against you and you have not forgiven them yet I challenge you take this key key called forgiveness and go forgive opportunity this morning that person may be in this church and in a moment as we begin worship I want to ask you if, if, if you have the courage if they're here go to that person get it right get it right don't wait do it now don't put it off any longer don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till the right time. Because I'm going to tell you that the right time will never come. Don't let it smolder. Don't let it fester. Do it now. Forgive. It may be somebody that's even passed on. They're no longer here. you can still release it from your heart. You can release that bitterness. I want to ask you to do that today as, as we as Adam sings a song 
Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. If you need to come to this altar, come. Come, it's open. But let's just lift up our hands. Let's see it lift up our hands and worship the Lord. Lord, we just thank you, God. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.